It's time for the Katie's Tech Podcast. I'm Jason Johnson, and this is episode 19, recorded June 30th, 2014. This is the show where I go over the news stories of the day, usually technology-related, that catch my eye. They may not be the biggest news stories or the most popular, just the ones that I find most interesting. We're still kind of circling the Google I.O. conference rumor mill, and it's kind of nice to see that kind of shipped away and everybody starts seeing new stories. I'll be honest to say several of the ones I have for today are Apple-related, so we seem to be switching back and forth. But that seems to be kind of the way the wind's going, just kind of back and forth between the two companies. Um, Apple, several weeks ago, earlier in the month, had their big conference, their Worldwide Developers Conference, where they went over the new um, operating systems, both desktop and mobile. And we just wrapped up the Google I.O. conference, where they went over the enhancements to their operating systems, their new software initiatives, and actually a couple of the uh, new hardware pieces in the uh, Google Wear or Android Wear watches that were introduced by Motorola and LG and Samsung. But really, we're not looked. They wasn't the whole conference dedicated to hardware like we've seen in the past. They didn't hand out tablets. They didn't, you know, give away phones. This was a very software-oriented conference, which makes sense because these are developer conferences. So I think what you're seeing is you're seeing a shift away from the hardware side and product demonstrations and announcements, and those are being separated off and they're having their own dedicated announcement conferences for those, not necessarily conference, but events, I guess is what I should say. And so, you know, we expect to see Apple have a big event um, September-ish to announce their new phones, Google will probably sooner or later announce the new versions of their tablets and Nexus phones, and you know, of course all the other vendors will continue to have their events announcing their products. So that's kind of, I think, what you're seeing is you're seeing the hardware side and the major actual project announcements shifted out and the actual developer conferences going back to traditional developer roles of here's what we're doing in the software. So... Moving on from the I.O. and uh, big event news for the conference-wise, I said that we have some Apple news, and basically today Apple came out with a couple of operating system updates for their current versions of their operating systems. So not the stuff that's coming out in the future that they announced at the conference, but the actual uh, Mavericks uh, OS X 10.9.4, which is, again, Mavericks. And basically, they just put out some Wi-Fi fixes, some fixes from weight from sleep improvements, and Safari 7.0.5. They also released some smaller, uh, I don't want to say smaller, but less noticeable, less announced, I guess, uh, updates, which were security updates for Mountain Lion and Lions. So if you're still running hardware that needs those older operating systems and you haven't upgraded to Mavericks, or you're in a business environment where you can't upgrade to those for production reasons, there are security fixes for both Mountain Lion and Lion that you may want to go out and get. Now, I, I do want to point out with this that I personally I've had some issues with when I wake my laptop and I have a fairly new, uh, just a couple month old MacBook Air, and the issue I'm seeing is that when I wake it from sleep, it doesn't automatically connect to the wireless. And that is one of the things that this update is supposed to address. So I will get that installed this evening and report back on that later on um, if it actually fixes my issue. I'll give it a couple days and see what it does. The other one they put out, which was for the iOS 7.1.2, 
is for the mobile operating system, the iPads and the iPhones. And this is kind of important. It's it's minor security updates, iBeacon improvements. But the big one is they fixed an issue with mail where the attachments weren't getting encrypted. So if somebody sent you a file, the mail message may be encrypted, but the, the attachment wasn't on the device. Now, you, they'd have to actually get a hold of your device and be able to get it, but it does kind of break the encryption. If somebody were to actually steal your phone or, or t- tablet, they would have access to your attachment files. So if you had a secure document that needed to be monitored, they'll be something to worry about. So I highly recommend both of these security updates, at least the, the iOS one. But, I mean, security updates are always a good thing, and, and Apple's got a pretty good testing policy, you know, with their limited amount of hardware they have to test on it. So they, they generally aren't, there generally aren't a lot of bugs that come back and haunt you with an Apple update. The other announcement Apple had today is that they're updating their iTunes U, which is their university iTunes level software. It's not really popular. You don't see a lot about it, so I was kind of surprised to see an update to it, but I am a fan of these course delivery things, and I would love to see the textbook market more accepting of the ebook market because I have a feeling that's where it's going to end up in the future. And I, I worry about these textbook companies that are sticking to the dead tree and punishing customers for their students and making them have to buy these really expensive books when electronic books would work just fine. But not to get off on a tangent, the update is basically some course creation methods, and now an instructor can create the entire course on the on an iPad and it allows you to pull in materials from our work, iBooks, authoring, and other educational apps that you can buy in the app store. So you can actually start to finish course creation with discussion features the whole nine yards on your iPad, create your course in iTunes University. So if you can manage to get this implemented and have an iOS and an Apple ecosystem in your classroom, this is pretty cool. I mean, this is, this is getting kind of there. Uh, I'm going to do a little more looking and see if it's actually usable or if it's just a big announcement. But Apple announced that today, so hopefully that'll be something that turns out to be something. Again, more they, they had a lot more iPhone rumors. People just keep leaking pictures. I think the day of the, the super secret product announcement is almost gone, the way we keep seeing images of possible, and I say that in quotes, iPhone uh, pictures. I think it's pretty much a given that they're going to have a 5.5 and possibly a larger uh, model. But, you know, Apple's got us on hardware before, you know, rumors. So we'll just have to wait and see. But, you know, the rumors keep flying. And I'll, you know, I mention it, but I'm really not big on reporting them because I don't, I just think we're going to have to wait for the announcement. One cool item I did see is that the city of Boston is turning, um, trying to use their park benches for some actual usable functions besides just people sitting on them course is the main function of a park bench but they're putting solar powered charging points in the benches and so they've got these big solar cells they look like regular benches but they have these big steel encased blocks which have the photosynthetic panels in them and charging ports and you can actually plug I'm guessing it's for mobile devices iPhones that kind of thing probably USB probably not enough to power your laptop honestly it's probably more along the lines of charging a um, tablet or uh, more likely a phone, but, you know, possibly a tablet, at least to get you some charge. But it is kind of cool. I mean, they're, they're sitting out in the sun. Why not let them soak up some energy and, and give you a quick charge point for all the people who are out walking or jogging in cities? I don't think you'll see that around here. And 
my question is going to be how are they going to hold up? Are they going to be easily damaged? You know, you have to worry about vandalism a lot. Is it, you know, hailstorm? I mean, what's what's the longevity versus the investment on these? But it's still kind of cool to see somebody doing that. And uh, I did a little look, and it looks like these are funded by Cisco. So Cisco's getting some uh, probably some product testing and other other information out of it, but it's nice of them to put them out. Google today uh, kind of dropped support for their Quick Office. And what Quick Office was, was Quick Office was actually a separate Office app that you could get for mobile devices that did have some ability to sync with Google Drive. Google, it wasn't even Google Drive at that point, with Google's Office suite at the time. And Google bought them and has been kind of merging the features that Quick Office had into their Google Drive Office suite. And I guess they've completely gotten everything they need and, and are just going to stop development of the products. They're just sunsetting it. If you've purchased it, it'll still be available to you, but if you haven't got it already, it's gone, it's gone and you're better off with the free drive product anyway at this point, but that is kind of the announcements that Google is basically no longer selling QuickOffice. It's no longer available for download unless you've already previously purchased it. And the last story I wanted to mention today is an update to the Keurig coffee maker. And that's kind of odd, but it is technology-related, and I'll, I'll, I'll explain how. For anybody who's not familiar, a Keurig is a the, the kind of the one-serving coffee makers that have become so popular. Instead of making a whole pot, you actually make a single cup at a time, and it's based off these little pods. K-cups is what Keurig calls theirs. And you put your cup in the Keurig, you tell it the size... If and it basically pours that much water, it punctures the top, and basically uses the cup for the filter, and you make your single cup of coffee, and it's hot, it heats the water, drips it down in it, and you're good to go. And the benefit of that, it is more expensive per cup, but you don't all have to drink the same thing. So if one of you wants one type of drink, and one of you wants a different type of drink, you know, coffee, you can use it. So I like a darker coffee. You may like a um, caramel coffee, flavored coffee. It even makes tea. If you know you want to put a tea cup in there, it'll make a little tea instead of coffee. It, basically, anything with hot water, because all it is is heating the water and pumping it through a filter. And there's even been people, companies that have come up with with the cups that you put standard ground coffee into. So if you don't even want to pay the expensive price, but you want the convenience of the Keurig, you get their little reusable filter basically you put your coffee in it whatever brand you like and it'll make a single serving out of that well the problem with that from a business standpoint is Keurig makes their money off the pods they don't make their money on the machines as a matter of fact they probably are making nothing if not possibly taking a loss very similar to how the video game industry works where the, the companies don't make a lot of money on the console they make it up on the, the game sales. Well, between the people doing, like I just mentioned, and, and using their make-your-own, and there are a lot of companies that make the pods but don't pay Keurig the licensing, which you're supposed to, because for patent reasons originally, and so Keurig is not getting the money from them. So it's kind of like the, the video game company not getting the money for the games, Keurig's not getting the money for the pods. A couple of companies took Keurig to court over some stuff, and it turns out that they're patents have expired so there is no way for, for Keurig to, to punish the companies for making unapproved K-cups, the, the, the actual pods. 
So what they've done is in the new version that's just come out, they're actually putting basically a barcode reader almost. I don't know if it's a barcode or a stamp or some kind of some kind of electronic signature basically on the K cups that are approved and that's how the machine knows that it's a, an official cup, an official product. If you put a, a cup in that doesn't have the a pot in that doesn't have this ID on it, the machine won't make coffee. So they're basically bypassing the ability of people to make the make do it your own, you know, use your own coffee cups or the unlicensed cups by not giving them the stamp. Now, any hack type company they've already, matter of fact a couple of companies have already said as soon as the machine comes out and gets released they're going to reverse engineer it and they're going to have their stuff on the market within a month or two so it's not even really going to slow the companies down so I'm not really sure why Keurig wasted I mean I know we know why they wasted the money on it but I don't know that that's a good long term solution because it's just going to get bypassed not to mention they're going to have to wait for all the cups that are on the market to get cycled through if you went and bought a new this new machine and thought you were going to go out and buy some cups that are already in store inventory they won't work so it's just kind of an odd odd scenario and it's it's very similar in my mind to the old DRM stuff you used to see on music and still see on on ebooks and movies the music industry figured out mostly through you know Apple kind of kicking them to force them to do it that DRM did not stop people from downloading music I mean people would you know, Napster became famous, LimeWire, BitTorrent, all these, you know, hacking, hacker method, you know, illegal methods of getting music. And people would just assume do that, then have to deal with the digital rights management that, that was on the music that kept you from being able to move it from device to device. If you make it hard for somebody, and it's easier to actually get it illegally, a lot of people are just going to get it illegally. So the music industry figured that out, and now pretty much no matter where you buy your electronic music, there's no electronic management. There may be a signature, but they're not gonna they're not gonna lock it down and keep you from moving it from device to device. I could download something from Amazon, put it into Apple iTunes, play it back on a Windows computer. There's no DRM that's gonna keep you from moving that music around. And eventually, I think, in my in my opinion, the music, the movie industry, and the ebook industry are gonna figure that out, and it's gonna be the same way. I mean, right now, if you downloaded a book in Barnes & Noble's Nook software, you know, that's a very uncertain market because they're talking about spinning that off. And so Nook may not, your Nook books may not be readable on anything in the near future. And you're out all the money and the, the books that you bought. You, know, you won't have any way to read them. So to tie that back to Keurig, that stuff just doesn't work. It's kind of been proven not to work, and I, I wonder what they're thinking in doing so. I mean, personally, you know, we do do the um, put your own coffee in the the cup pods uh, fairly often. I mean, we do a mixture. At work, I usually just buy the pods because it's easier to deal with. At home, you know, we go through enough coffee, it's worth buying the, the reusable ones and making it yourself out of your, whatever coffee type you want. But again, it's, it's you know, it's going to keep us from upgrading to the new machine. Uh, I'll keep our old machine, and if it breaks, we'll figure something out then. But I'm not going to go out and buy the newest, latest, greatest machine if, if it gives me less functionality because of the restrictions they're putting on it. So there's kind of my little thing on, on Keurig. But if you're into that thing, the, they are releasing that in the near future. But again, make sure if you do get one, that you get the correct pods that work with it. Otherwise, you'll get home and not be able to make coffee.
So that wraps up another episode of the Katie's Tech Podcast. I'll be back next time with more news.